What is the DNA of business marketing? How do we market ourselves now and in the future? Brand communications is evolving. Are you? Let's explore together. Spiral upwards. This is Spiral Marketing. Welcome everyone to the Spiral Marketing Podcast. Today, on Friday the 13th, as we tape, we are trying something brand new. We are doing a bit of a Mad Men style tribute to the two cocktail lunches of yesteryear. And we're going to have a little bit of fun with my friend and colleague and fellow agency owner, Justin Jones, who is the CEO and chief creative officer for KDG Advertising. That's in Columbia, Maryland. And as I said, a very creative guy. And uh, today's show will be creative and different. So hang out with us. We've got some interesting topics and uh, we will be doing our thing while you learn ours. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> Justin, welcome to the show, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. So you reached out not too long ago, a couple of weeks ago and said, Hey, you, uh, we've, we've talked about doing podcasts before and I've always been into the idea of having you on the show. Of course, very talented guy. And you've been running an agency longer than I have. Really? I think so. Yeah. Spiral marketing is going into the third year. We're going into the 12th. 12th, 12th year 12 years man that's fantastic it sounds insane when you say it out loud <laughs> it does it does yeah well tell me about what brought you in here today why now uh it just felt like the time was right yeah um which sounds so cliche right <laughs> oh, the time is right when is the time ever right but um you know i was really thinking about it we just launched a new website mm-hmm and we've done podcasts before. I've done, you know, speaking engagements before, but just thought like a good idea to kind of get back into the space. And I remember, you know, reaching out to you years ago when we talked about it and we've kind of, you know, fiddled around with the idea. So why not? Oh, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Justin's one of those friends who you can call when you're like, I need to get some creative inspiration. Let's let's get some ridiculous conversation going and uh, let's fire up those creative neurons. Yeah. So that sounds about right. Right. So it's 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 good for us to to get in. I'm pleased and I'm sure that the timing is right. So uh, I know you got a lot of stuff on your mind. I've got I do. A, I do. What what's first and foremost on your mind, my man? Whew. Well, the fact that it's 92 degrees <laughs> after being about, you know, 27 for a good straight three weeks in April. Right. Uh, besides we had snow that, last week, right? Yeah. Crazy, right? <laughs> um, but no, besides that, brand management, mm-hmm. that's kind of the biggest thing. You know, we consider ourselves brand architects uh, over at KDG, as you are, you know, well aware. Mm-hmm. So we come across a lot of clients that don't necessarily understand the idea between a brand and a logo. Mm-hmm. or they they interchange the two topics you know so yeah my brand is doing this well my logo looks like this or my brand looks like this and so when we sign on a new client or we're working on a rebrand or whatever it happens to be we hear that a lot and i think it's a good idea to set the record straight on what the two are i'm um, not just that but also talk about my two favorite things in branding 
which is brand transparency and brand authenticity. Nice. And those are two very important things. Where to begin, right? Well, good question. And it's cool talking about the brand. And it's one of those things where everybody has a little bit of a different take on it. And uh, while there are there truly are some answers that are wrong, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's also a wide gray area of what's right. And I think some additional perspective from other professionals and creatives is often pretty helpful. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So how do you define brand? Okay, so for me, a brand is definitely not your logo. And your logo isn't your brand. I can't specify that enough. Mm-hmm. Your brand will be everything that you do to promote who you are and what you do as a company. So it's the charities that you'll give to. It's the way that you conduct yourself, how you conduct your business. It's the ethics and goals that you stand for and the like. Your logo is just a proponent to get your name out there. It's the thing that looks shiny and nice for people to get interested enough to click on your website and continue further, Mm -hmm. right? So people get that very confused. They say, oh, well, my logo is doing great. Sure it is. But if you don't have the backing of your brand to engage your your prospective clients, then it doesn't really, there's a disconnect there, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's really what I want to talk about. And then also, you know, brand authenticity and and brand transparency, like I talked about. To be brand transparent and to be brand authentic, blah. (laughs) Yeah, you said it was going to happen, didn't you? Um, Okay, let's try that again. So to be brand authentic and then to be brand transparent are two very important things. Now, just because you're brand authentic doesn't mean that you can't be brand transparent and vice versa. Brand transparency is more so um, doing the inner workings of your brand, showing the inner workings of your brand, right? It's, you know, showing how the the special sauce is made. It's showing how the sausage is made, right? Brand authenticity is working in a way that it's authentic to the key points and messages that your company was founded on. An example of brand authentic companies would be um, Panagonia, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Ben & Jerry's. And Apple. All right, let's let's pause the the company reveals and let's talk about more what they are. Please, so, yeah, that's exactly. I was just writing authentic and transparent yeah. because I think that helping to define how and give some context of how and why is Patagonia authentic to their brand. I think it could be interesting. Right. Okay. So because you said Patagonia, mm-hmm. they um, they work with 100% organic cottons, right? And they've been doing this for years. They're authentic because they stay true to their brand. They're, they started out with the 100% organic platform, and they're going to continue with the 100% organic platform. Coca-Cola, for example, right? Mm-hmm. You'll never hear them be brand transparent. The reason why you won't hear that is because you don't know what's going into Coca-Cola. Right. Better yet, let's do another one. McDonald's, mm-hmm. the Big Mac, the secret sauce. Now, we know what the secret sauce is. We all know what it is, but they say it's secret sauce. So you'll never know what that is. You'll never get that ingredient. Just like you'll never get the ingredients to the Whopper flame broiled, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're transparent. Now, to be transparent, does it's not a bad thing to be um, non-transparent in your brand. It just means that you have something that you don't want people to know. 
Sure. Um, Sometimes that's part of your brand, like and KFC's that secret ingredients. Yeah, the 37, and I'm sweating up a storm right now. Um, <laughs> there are a lot of lights here if you can't see this, and it's very hot in here, and I'm wearing a suit. So the authentic aspect keeps you in line with what you originally started off as. Mm-hmm. The transparent aspect is saying, hey, I'm going to show you the complete and total inner workings of the business. Mm-hmm. So Ben & Jerry's launched a, um, it wasn't a vegan campaign, but it was a, it wasn't an organic campaign either, but they wanted to give an ice cream for people who were lactose intolerant, right? And inside of the commercial, they actually said, hey, we've got this and this. So instead of doing actual milk, we're doing, you know, almond milk and this and this and this and that and that and this. this. Um, so with that being said, they showed what the product was. They showed how the ingredients were going in. You'd never get that from McDonald's. No. Right. So that's the difference between transparent brands and non-transparent brands. Mm-hmm. And then again, the authentic aspect is showing your consumer, your potential clients, why you're still doing business. So if we were to be authentic, mm-hmm. we're saying, hey, we're going to do this because we saw, you know, creatives jipping out clients or whatever the reason is. And we mm-hmm. want to combat that. Mm-hmm. So, like, what's the reason for you starting Spiral Marketing, right? Like, what's what's your authentic mission to help your customers? Yeah, what a, that's a great question. Is it a question? It's a question. You are asking It's definitely a question. a question. I appreciate that. Well, uh, three-ish years ago, I saw this opportunity to not only give back with the then 10, 12 years of marketing experience I had, but also explore topics from people that know more than I do. And uh, while there's the opportunity to give back, there's also the opportunity to grow and have interesting conversations right. and have some fun in there, explore a new platform. So uh, there's hopefully that's both authentic and transparent. We're spiral marketing and frankly, the marketing, the brand of Carl Bohm is uh, always trying to be helpful. Hopefully the podcast is in line with that. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Appreciate that. So for us, I, you know, I spent time in the big ad agencies Mm -hmm. and I saw how a small client, small for a big time ad agency. So that could be, you know, $20,000 for a project would Mm -hmm. get kicked around to every single low, you know, junior creative designer and so on and so forth. And they were too busy worrying about the bigger accounts to look at the mom and pop with the $20,000 budget, right? Sad. Sad. And I hated that. Mm-hmm. I hated that the project would get kicked around to the intern, which would then would go to the junior designer, which then would get kicked up to the senior, and it would never really hit the creative director, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, there, there's got to be a change for that. Something has to be done. So why don't you give it in a way that the creative director is always going to be a part of your team, or at least make it feel like the creative director is actually giving input? Mm-hmm. Um, and if you can do that and treat the mom and pop $20,000 client just as big as the Facebook, Google, Nike, $100 million client as equals, mm-hmm. then you should be able to promote the idea of good marketing and good advertising and good design into the masses, right? That's why I started KDGA 12 years ago. Jesus, 12 years ago. Um, it's, it's weird when it comes out of my mouth still. Um, but that's why I started it. So, you know, we try to stick to that. You know, what you see from us and what you get from us, whether it's 
a $5,000 job or a $20,000 job or a $500,000 job. You're going to get the same type of feeling. You're going to get the same type of um, design. You're going to get the same type of connectivity because I don't believe that I should really, really lay it on thick for the bigger clients and then put you off to the side. Right. So that's my authentic standpoint. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause if you did that, it wouldn't be authentic. Exactly. So, you know, you see client, you do see some clients, you know, kind of doing that. And to me, it really kind of grinds my gears because mm -hmm. you're seeing it and you're going, what's, what are you doing? Like what, how are you working this? I had a client that was really engaged in Instagram, right? And they, they wanted to increase their followers. Okay. And they wanted to buy Instagram likes. Mm. That's not true to your brand. Right. Right. So if you buy Facebook followers or Instagram followers, you're no longer authentic to who you are. Because even if you see a, a super increase in spike of followers from, let's say, 5,000 to 20,000, they're fake. Right. So the people who are actually engaged will then look at that jump in followers and go, something's wrong. Right. And that's no longer authentic to your brand. Mm -hmm. So that's that's why I practice what I preach. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Well, other notes that we've got here collectively, brand ethics, rules of brand management, thinking beyond the logo. What's, uh, what else did you want to explore? Okay. So thinking beyond the logo, again, everyone really kind of stops there. Mm -hmm. I've got my logo, got my website. I'm good. I'm done. Not necessarily. You right. also have the customer relation aspect of it, right? You've got to stick true to your guns. Why did you start your business? Every entrepreneur saw something in their field and said, I can do better, right? And when you start to, whether it's make it big or you, you really get out there, if you don't take the time to remember where you came from, mm -hmm. you fall back into the pattern. And then you become exactly what you got out of the mainstream business. You, you become that person. So... For me, knowing the difference between, you know, what your logo is and what your brand is, very important. I believe personally that your brand doesn't just stop at your logo. So, yeah, right, you've got your course. logo and that's great. Mm -hmm. You've got your website and that's great. And I'm going to twiddle my thumbs and I want my phones to ring. And it doesn't work that way. Right. You've got to be proactive. So mm -hmm. you actually have to put the time in to do your marketing budget. And a lot of people don't do that. Right. So all of the things that you've done thus far to get your logo and your brand presence out, mm -hmm. that's great. But you've got to go the extra mile. So whether that's, you know, advertising on Google AdWords or Facebook or Instagram, and I'm not too sure you'd want to on Facebook right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, but having some challenges, having they? some challenges. But, you know, if you still did it, you've got to stick true to it. And you can't just say, well, I put five hundred dollars into Facebook and I should sit back and see 30 calls come in a month. No, it doesn't work that way. It's about the engagement. So you shouldn't be so worried about the followers that are coming in. You should be worried about what your message is saying and then how is it being transported to the masses, to the actual people that follow you, mm -hmm. right? Your brand is so much more important than just the pretty colors that you have and the circles and squares and, you know, are you using Helvetica versus Times New Roman? It's so much more than that. And if you don't know that, mm -hmm. then we've got a problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. Marketing is not a field of dreams, right? No. <laughs> Kevin Costner is not waiting in the background, you know, about to 
hit a home run with the dead ghost of a baseball player. It's not going to work that way. You've got to actually fight for this. Although it still would make a good ad, wouldn't it? It would. It would. (laughs) One day. Maybe we'll do it together. Yeah, that sounds good. I'm terrible at baseball. Same. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we'd be good at playing ghosts. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. Uh, Well, yeah, if you build it, they won't come. Um, is, <laughs> is the point there yeah. um, well no i mean but what you just said if you mm-hmm. build it they won't come no. not unless you tell someone about it you've right gotta get the ball rolling you've got to have that snowball effect right so how do you talk about branding in a sentence it's you said it's everything that encompasses the way people think about your brand is that what you said yeah something along that like line that. to that effect yeah, yeah i like that i like that i i often actually think of the physical act of like a branding a thing yeah where that stamp on a on cattle or whatever that is what's on it stamped into your brain it is what occupies the gray matter everything that occupies the gray matter about your brand yeah well you have to think about it if you think about it in that light Mm -hmm. when farmers would brand cattle Mm -hmm. it was because if and when their cattle got out you could see what and who this cattle belongs to right right so if you saw betsy walking down the street with you know the the brand on there yeah, on her sweet butt. betsy with her bell yeah with her bell and her blue bonnet and you know, a little <laughs> bow tie and all that um but if she ever got out i could say hey i know that's farmer john's cow i gotta bring it back and then you'd say well, why is betsy out to begin with what is he doing that allowed betsy to escape yeah not great for not farmer great john's for, brand. not great for farmer john's mm-hmm. brand right so it's things that's why branding exists right right and then you know you so there are some greek societies that will brand you and once you have that brand on, you've got to act into a caliber because we know who you belong to. So mm-hmm. if I step out of term, if I step out of pocket and they say, hey, aren't you a member of blah, blah, blah. Right. Now that looks bad for blah, my blah, organization, blah. right? So yeah. that's why branding exists. Once you have that brand, you've got to set yourself according to what that brand stands for, that philosophy, that being, that essence. And if you step out of term, bad things happen. Right. Right. Yeah, that's true. Remember Betsy the cow, folks. <laughs> Remember Betsy the cow. <laughs> Betsy is watching you. Love it. Well, we went from ghosts to Betsy the cow. I think that we have successfully I, thought beyond the logo. There. I think we have. <laughs> I blame. Good. I blame the booze. <laughs> I blame the Mad Men booze. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. So, when you called, you said, you know, there was a client. And we're not going to name names, of course. Of course. And they just, they didn't get it from the branding standpoint. Yeah. And uh, we can speak in, in vast generalities here. But do you think that that story is germane to the conversation? I do. And even if somehow they listen and figure this out, know that we are building value in the, in the, <laughs> in the, in the lesson that they right. too can learn from. You but if, if, learn if, from if you're not comfortable, we don't need to move um, forward. No, that. no. I, well, you know me. I never shy from a conversation. Um, right. When you are concerned more so with how many people are following you mm-hmm. or how many calls you're generating from an ad and you remember what i'm talking about with this yes yes um i've put two and two together together um (laughs) you start to degrade your company right Mm -hmm. if your main concern is profit bottom line 
then what are you doing for your customers? At the expense of authenticity, right? At the expense of authenticity. You are no longer authentic to why you started your business, Mm -hmm. right? So you call us up saying, why am I not getting 50 calls a month? Right. Okay, but do you really care about the 50 calls a month that you're getting or are you worried about the 10 that really mean something to you mm-hmm. and, and trust you to help them however you can, right? Sure. So that's one example. Mm-hmm. Um, let's, let's use another one and let's go back to brand and the idea of social media, mm-hmm. right? So the question I'm going to pose to you is, is it better to have 500,000 followers or 500 followers? Well, I guess it would depend, right? I mean, that's, to that's, a degree. That, that's, that's in ultimately the answer. If it's 500,000 fake followers, then uh, not it's so not right. Not yeah. as good as 500 customers that are active exactly. and following. Exactly. And you have to remember, those 500 loyal followers mm-hmm. will share your messages. They will share your posts. They will share and like the things that you're saying because they believe in what you do. And then if they share it with their friends, who shares it with their friends, who shares it with their friends, you will organically start to build a following. You will organically start to build a presence. It's a whole lot different than if you have 500,000 fake followers. Mm -hmm. Because if I go to Spiral Marketing's Instagram page, right, Mm -hmm. you've got 500,000 followers, and I click on one of your followers, and they have one post and 20 following Mm-hmm. and three followers, I automatically know that's a robot. And then I automatically know you probably bought that robot. And I'm going to go, I don't know if I trust spiral marketing that much anymore. Right. Because why would they do that? Why would they buy this with, to look good for who? Mm-hmm. Right. Like I'd rather be on the low end of a following side, right, and know that my content is reaching people in a way that it feels good to them than – share it to the masses, and it just gets lost in a sea of nothingness. Sure. Yeah. Love it. Love it. These are great rules of brand management. Absolutely. Okay. How about, Zen, I'm I'm not going, this this is a quote for you, from you, I'm quoting you, that one of the notes that represent topics here is combating the sea of sameness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Okay. All right, let's, story time. Let's armor up. Story time. Combat that sea of sameness. Combat the sea of sameness. This is a, this is story time now. Cool. Um, I attended a networking event, mm-hmm. and there were um, entrepreneurs in a panel discussion. Great. So they were all talking about what they did, you know, how they did it, what they did, and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And someone in the audience asked about advertising and marketing, and they skipped over the question. Well, they didn't skip over it. They just kind of maneuvered in a way that it didn't necessarily answer the question, right? And I caught it. I went, something's wrong. Okay, wait, wait. They totally just skipped this over. So let me ask. Let me ask a question now. And the question that I asked was to the effect of, how do you combat the sea of sameness in your respected industry? So if you are a real estate agent, Mm -hmm. I know offhand about 10 that market aggressively. Sure. So how do you compete with that, right? The answer that I got was, you just have to go out and do it. 
You just got to be the best that you can be. And you just have to, you know, fight and just be great. Hmm. And I heard that and went, no, that's not the question I asked. And I wasn't aware you were going to give me this fairy godmother Cinderella, like, be who you can be and it will be the greatest thing ever. And Prince Charming will come. That's not how branding works. That's not how advertising works. <laughs> right. It sounds right? more like a rah-rah, sis-boom-ba, go out and sell kind of uh, yeah. answer. It's, it's which, the Glen Gary, Glen Ross approach, right? Always be closing. That's <laughs> right. And that's not how this works. No, that's, that's a sales answer, not that's a marketing a sales answer. answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I remember when I heard that. I wanted to go, no, that's not what I said. What I what I said was this, and you didn't answer my question. I didn't, probably mm-hmm. for good reason. But there's so many people that say that. There's so many people that, you know, they read the um the the books that are, you know, the motivational success books, you know, rich dad, poor dad, right? Or you can do it. And if you put this much into it and you get this much out of it, and okay, great. That's, that's great. And if it works for you, if you like it, I love it. But the but to this is that's, you've got to actually diversify what you're doing and how is it different than your competitors. So if your competitors are all, you know, branding different advertisements with blue, maybe you should go red. Maybe you should stand out from that. Maybe you should, you know, really badass your brand, mm-hmm. right? It's, that's actually a book that I've read. It's called yeah. Bas- Badass Your Brand. And in it, she says, you know, you've got to really step out. You've got to do things that will disrupt the flow that everyone is accustomed to, hmm. right? Sounds a little bit like the purple cow, like a Seth Godin purple cow. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, and I guess for those who don't know the purple cow metaphor, mm-hmm. I guess, mm-hmm. you know, give it to them. Sure. Well, it's, it's pretty um, out there, right? I mean, it, it's literally that you don't want to be a, a normal looking cow in a sea of cows. You want to stand out by being that purple cow. Right. So, you know, if everyone is doing the same thing the same way, after a while, you get lost into the mixture. So you've got to stand out. You've got to do something that really disrupts the normal or the routine, right? Because if we're all the same people moving the same way and the same path, then what are you really doing? So get off that ramp and just move. Go and take the back lane. Do something that really disrupts what everyone is accustomed to seeing in that industry. And if you can do that, I'm not saying you're going to get sales from it. I'm not even going to say that you're going to, you know, become a millionaire overnight. That's not what that's for. But if you can do it, you will be known as um, a disruptor, an innovator, right? So Steve Jobs is an innovator because he saw the idea of a new computer or an iPod or pad or phone. Mm -hmm. No one else was thinking about that before he did it. So now everyone has a smartphone essentially because of Steve Jobs. But if he stayed that path, We wouldn't have necessarily the technology we have right now. So all of that falls back into a brand. All of that falls back into what you're doing for your brand. So it's interesting, right? Because we both run agencies. Right. And of course, agencies, you're more on the creative side and I'm more on the like technical performance. Not that you don't do that too, but just right. for, in terms of positioning, right? Yeah. You're, yeah. you're just more creatively positioned and I'm, I'm less in 
involved in that. I don't, right. um, which is one of the reasons why we, we, we work, work so well, well together. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. But is there more to it than that? How, so I guess I'd like to hear how you stand out yourself in a sea of sameness and, uh, maybe extend that to how the listeners who are running brands could take tips from that to stand out in a sea of sameness. Okay. All right. So let's, let's start with marketing and advertising as a whole, mm-hmm. right? If you go onto any company site, mine, yours, the bigger ones, I won't name names, sure. but the bigger <laughs> ones, we all have the same general language. Mm-hmm. Have you noticed that? Sure. We do this and we've done this and we can do this and here are our clients and this is what we do and do you like it and see some more and if you don't like it, then go somewhere else. But if you do, then here, visit us at blah, 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 right? Right. We all do it and here are our awards <laughs> and we won this and see that. Then you go to our Facebook and our Instagram and social and it's the same thing. Oh, we have this and here's our dog and does it look great? And it's, it's the same thing, right? <laughs> We're so cool because we let dogs in our office. Yeah. Oh, our dog is <laughs> okay. the chief right. barking everyone, officer. Everyone Isn't likes cool? dogs. We get it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I like dogs too. <laughs> so, you know, we all do the same Fine, thing. I'll subscribe to all their stuff. <laughs> right? Yeah, so I'll, yeah, I'll like and I'll click and I'll follow and please send me the newsletter and all that. Right? Right. Um, but if you notice, we all do the same thing. So I don't necessarily, and this is going to come back and bite me, I'm sure. Um, I don't necessarily subscribe to the whole, I want to put my work in annuals, you know, competitions, right? Okay. Which sounds weird because that's kind of how we advertise ourselves. Like advertisers don't advertise. You'll never see us in a newspaper. You probably won't necessarily see us in a commercial, but we then tell you, oh yeah, you really got to go for a commercial. That's, that's the way to get your, your brand, right? (laughs) So for us, we do a lot of competitions. We submit our work to be the best work in that category against all of the other ones, right? That's what we do. And I don't do that. I don't do that because that's that's tooting our own horn, right? I don't like to necessarily toot our own horn. We are supposed to work in the background. Mm-hmm. You'll never see our name against underwater basket weaving LLC's company's billboard. You'll never see it. And you're not supposed to see it. Your company is supposed to stand out, not the people who came up with the idea. Mm -hmm. The people who came up with the billboard, the commercial, we're not the ones seeking, you know, fame and acclaim. It's to promote your business. Sure. I don't do the whole design annuals or the competitions. I don't want to necessarily win a Clio. I don't want to do a Webby. I mean, sure, maybe one day, great, but not now. Twelve years later, I'm still saying the same thing. So what, what instead then? Great work that just yeah. stands out for itself. I don't need to be judged by my peers to know that I do good work. If you can increase your return on investment, your ROI on our, our contracts, and you get more sales out of it, then I've done my job. Nice. I don't necessarily need to prove myself to my peers. Mm-hmm. I need to prove myself to you as my client, mm-hmm. right? So... If I can give you ROI plus a dollar, that means that's a profit for you. Right. Which means I've done my job. Now, of course, I wanted to be more than a dollar. But if I get you a dollar plus your ROI plus your return on investment, then I've done my job. That's what I want. That's what I do. 
Not to mention, I don't subscribe to the whole, I need to have a hundred creatives in my office. Right. We've got eight. No more, no less. I don't want to go up to be 30 and 40 because now you as the client will start to be a statistic. Because if I have 30 mouths to feed as a, in an agency, mm-hmm. that means I need to go after the bigger Facebook and Googles and the bigger, big clients of the world. I don't want that. I want to help you. I want to do things for you. I don't necessarily want to forget where I came from. I don't want to not be humble in what I do. And I don't want you to feel like you have nowhere to turn. So you turn to the do-it-yourself sites. Right. You know? Sure. Because that is a that's horrible for your brand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, YouTube some Photoshop and yeah. try to make your own brand. That's uh, not going to get you too far <laughs> on short notice. Yeah. You know, or or my favorite, <laughs> if you use Squarespace.com, you can do this. And so oh, I'm gonna yeah. do it myself. And I'm no, no. I'm sure Keanu Reeves did that himself. I think he did. Well, he must have. He cried his tears, <laughs> and out came a website. <laughs> um, or the bus dropped below, you know, 50 miles an hour and it was able to get a great website because he didn't have his foot on the pedals for so, for so long. One that's, of them. A, that's an old timey reference now. Speed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of millennials won't though. get it. I got it. I got I'm it. I'm glad you got it. Yeah, they, need to, got they need to find that on Netflix or wherever. It's it's somewhere. I don't know where, but it's somewhere. It's hiding in a torrent or something. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Well, OK. Any any tips for listeners on how to stand out in a sea of sameness? come to kdga <laughs> okay 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 all right um shameless marketing promotion no you know um i don't want to say you have to think outside of the box because it sounds so cliche. again it sounds so cliche mm-hmm. i think that you really have to remember what it is that drove you to branch out and start your own and you know company in whatever industry that you're in and you really have to take a look back and see what you're doing, what your competitors are doing, and what you want to be doing better. And then you need to set aside an actual budget for your marketing purposes. Yes, you do. Um, I can't stress that enough. It's either a budget of time or money. Yeah. It's money or time. Yeah. You have to pick one. And you'll lose more money spending time to do something that you can't do. That's true. That is absolutely true. And then then you'll lose money doing things that you should have hired someone to do because you took the time away from it. Now you're losing money because you're not dedicated to doing the things that you actually know how to do. Leave it to the professionals, folks. Like, Amen. <laughs> we're here to help you. We, we don't want to take your money and we're not some big, you know, greedy fat cat agency that's, oh yeah, we're going to take this and go. No, we want to help you. So when you start doing things yourself, you don't necessarily hit the mark. I mean, some can and some do and great for you, bully for you. But when you don't know what you're doing and you throw something out, now you've made yourself look bad. You've made your industry look bad and you've scared me away from you. Right. Right. It's true. Yeah. You can absolutely do damage to your brand. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest takeaway. Trust someone that trusts what you do. Does that make sense? Trust someone that trusts something that you do. Yeah. So if you're a real estate agent mm-hmm. and you're the best at selling house, mm-hmm. I have to trust you that you're going to sell my house. Right. Right. So to do that, I'm going to put my faith in you. 
But if you put your faith in what I do, if you correction, if you think that you can do what I do better than what I can do and then it fails, your reputation of what you do is now shattered because you did it wrong or you portrayed it wrong. Right. Make sense. Sure. So just to restate, if someone doesn't trust you to do what you do and so they attempt to do what you're doing. Right. And they do it poorly, then they're actually just disintegrating their own integrity. Exactly. Which means you've just shattered your authenticity. Right. Right. So, so you're, it's you're full circle your back reputation. to the brand. Yeah. I like that. I like that. You see what he did there, folks? Yeah, Bro- it's a full Bro- circle right back, back, back to brand authenticity. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Love so, it. So, yeah. But, I mean, if, if you do that, then you shatter your authentic self. And mm-hmm. when you do that, now you've lost potential consumers because they saw something that looked wrong. Mm-hmm. And now I don't trust you to do it right because I saw it wrong. So love it. I think we're doing pretty good here. Let me throw a couple questions at you then. We can, we can, we can do that. Let's, let's see. All right. Let's change up the game a little bit. Okay. What do you think the future of the digital marketing industry for small agencies is going to look like? Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I like that. I like that one. Um, Not pulling any punches. Clearly. Floyd Mayweather here, guy. Um, Long reach, too. Yeah, right. (laughs) So I think that we are going to, well, smaller agencies will get more into um, social landscape, Mm. right? Niche down. Yeah, they're definitely going to niche down into social landscaping. I like that word landscaping, social yeah. landscaping. Because I S- just coined S- it. Very nice. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Copyright patent pending. Patent pending. <laughs> um, social landscaping. I think that's what it's going to be. So because I just coined it, let's try to throw out a definition for it. Right. Go for it. Yeah. Social landscaping. Webster's is listening. I hope so. <laughs> um, social landscaping will be how does the consumer view social tactics on social media, right? At least I think that's what I'm saying. I well, like it. Uh, I like it. I, so how they will view tactics. It's That's interesting because I'm thinking about SEO. Search, yeah. in, search engine optimization right. used to be this big thing and, and it's, it, it's still it's still there, right? But it's but, not as big. No, it's not as big. No. But what, what you hear more of, which comes off as much more realistic as local SEO. Yeah. So you can do localized SEO. Right. Right. And I wonder if that might apply to social landscaping, where rather than attempting to, hey, you just need to make a, a, a page, you need to make a social channel here, a Facebook fan page and a LinkedIn company page right. and uh, an Instagram. No, we actually need to sculpt out how people will come to you and how they'll interact. It looks more localized, even right. though it's not geographically localized. Right. Yeah. Well, let's let's even go a little bit further. Please. So with SEO. Mm-hmm. The easiest way to build SEO was do what? Blog, right? Okay. okay. You had to blog mm-hmm. and you had to put posts out. You had to do constant blo- uh, depends blog Depends on posts. when, right? Well, it depends it, on when there too. Was, there was a time when it was just stuffing keywords. Yeah. It was <laughs> metadata and you just had mm-hmm. to keep keying as much as you can. And a then it thousand went from, keywords. Yeah. And you were good. And then it went from that to, okay, well, show potentials, the inner workings of what you're thinking. Blogs. And you post your blogs, you post one a day or one a week, and the more you did it, the more Google would capsulize it, and then it would post out, right? Mm-hmm. Publishing. Yeah, yeah, publishing content. It was, they wanted to see it. They still do, but still it's do. Not, not the same. Well, now it seems more like, at least with the millennials, 
it's all social. Everything's been related to social. I mean, hell, you're on your phone at least 24 hours a day, and I guarantee you, you're probably on it at least six of the 24. (laughs) You're scrolling through your phone. You're flipping through Facebook. Mm -hmm. You're liking things on Instagram, right? Not even the good ones. Like, you're not even on, like, LinkedIn trying to do like no you're just scrolling to see a dog video right <laughs> right so I think if agencies start to social landscape you are now mowing the lawn of a company's social profile to raise more awareness on a intrapersonal level right so companies will take more to not cat videos. I'm not I'm not saying the cat videos, right? But I'm saying things like we're doing right now, seeing the behind the scenes of what we're doing right now is more of the social landscaping because it connects me with the owner. It's so interesting. It, I, I think that the audience can already hear that you and I, in a good way, see things in different angles because yeah. when I think of what you're describing... I can I can hear what you're saying and and understand, but I think that the the idea of carving out landscapes between engagement is also really compelling, yeah, right? And you yeah. probably and I think you're thinking of it also, but I, I am. I think it's like you're thinking at a high level, and I'm trying to like carve the road, right? So I'm looking at the freeway, and you're going to the road to get to the freeway, right? Right. Well, how do um, we how do we get those steamrollers through? <laughs> but no, I think. So I think that that would definitely be one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't want to say print is dead. I hate saying it. I started in print design. That's how I started. <laughs> it's not entirely no, it's dead. Not. I mean, if you look around any, we can look around our room and we can look around other, any room that any listener is in, there's something printed, right? We there don't, is. We don't, we're, we don't yet live in a world of all lasers and light no, and graphics. So there still is print, but certainly it's more selective. Right? But where it might go is augmented reality, mm. right? So in wearables, Wearables might be the wave of the future. So having that minority report, you walk in and then you know, they do a retina scan and you start popping up things of, you know, advertisements from Gap that's tailored to you. Right. That could be something. <laughs> God, I hope not. But that could be something. Um, I don't even know where you're going to sell me a that. lot of flip flops. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not? T-shirts. Yeah. Sell okay. me watches and rings and suits. Um, which is kind of sad because I will probably buy them. <laughs> but, you know, and that's... Probably not from Gap. But. No, no, not from Gap. But, you know, and that's what's funny, too. No offense, too. Gap. Yeah, no offense, but. if you're listening. I hope you're not. Um, but, you know, here's, here's the funny thing, too. As a consumer, I don't like some of the things that we do, that advertisers do, to pitch product or even to convince you to buy a product, right? So like programmatic advertising, those ads that you can't click out of when you're going onto YouTube. Personally, I can't stand those. Because you're trapped. Because I'm trapped. But then as a marketer, I go, I understand the the need for them. Mm Mm-hmm. So sure. it's it's you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You go, okay, well, look, I understand the purpose of it. I don't like the purpose of it, but I get it. Like it. Can I pull you onto a tangent real fast? Please. Okay. As I think we, we should probably start wrapping in the relative near future, but you've had the opportunity to work with some big brands, 
mm-hmm. in the past. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about brand management, a little bit about brand, not a little bit. We're talking about brand differentiation as well. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear from your experience, how do you or how do you suggest that marketers listening would position themselves against or for rather position themselves to the bigger brands? Whew. Well, you just got to go out and do it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, you know, I think a lot of it has to do with a nod to the past. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it has to do with remembering what these big Fortune 500 companies started. So they weren't always Fortune 500. I think if you could go back in a nod of the past to relay to the future. I think that would be a good way to differentiate because we're so used to seeing things done a certain way, right? A, a Coca-Cola commercial looks almost similar, damn near the same to a Pepsi commercial, which looks the same to a Sprite commercial, which looks the same to a Sierra Mist commercial and, and so on and so forth. Right. There's nothing different between it. So I think if we could go back to the reason of why it started, go back to the reason of what pushed the idea to to do this, that would be a a good different. I think that would be a a good way to differentiate. I like it. Even if you break the mold, right? Because even even if you decide to go in a different direction, you still need to base that direction in reality of where that where that tree grew up. Exactly. So go back to the root of the tree. Mm-hmm. Find what made you want to plant that tree to begin with and then market that. Push that out. For super brands that will never hire us in a million years because we're way too small and we're in oh. Columbia, Maryland. And we're in Maryland in general. Um, <laughs> kidding. Again, I'm a kidster. Um, but I, I, you know, I, think, um, I think for a, a lot of the bigger brands, it's more so trying to relate to the consumer's problems. I think that's a big thing too, right? Because I remember getting the, you know what? No, it's about the warm and fuzzy. That's what it is. Okay. Let's, let's call a spade a spade. It's about the warm and fuzzies. If, I, if you can get me on the warm and fuzzy, then you've got me as a client, right? Can you, can you give me an example? Nothing feels better than seeing the two polar bears for Coca-Cola slide down the hill with mom, you know, it was a dad polar bear and brother polar bear and they're sliding down the hill and then they go for the Coke and then the son has a problem opening it and then the, the, the father polar bear pops it open and gives it to the son and they all chug it together and it makes yep. me feel all warm and fuzzy and now I want a Coca-Cola, right? I see, yeah, and you somehow the, the, the little baby polar bear is wearing a cute little cap. Yeah. He's wearing a little beanie. Yeah, you know, pr- prime example. <laughs> so Johnny Walker didn't add not too long ago that talked about brotherhood right okay. and it was the story basically with two brothers and they were walking down the aisle and there's a voiceover of one of the brothers talking right mm-hmm. um and you see the camaraderie between the two brothers right and you see this whole thing it looks like they're going to a destination finally get to the destination you realize that only one brother is there and it's to spread the ashes of the other brother across the aisle. Wow. Right? Mm-hmm. And it hits you right into the chest. Right. right. Right here. It's emotionally impactful. It's so emotional. And it's like, now I want to have a Johnny Walker is black because that commercial just resonated so hard. Hmm. I've had to bury someone in the past. I've had family members that I've lost. These things are emotional connectors. So now I want to 
share in that brand because they feel the same thing that I feel, right? I think that's a good way to differentiate. The warm and fuzzies. It's the warm and fuzzies. Specific to the customer, right? Specific Specific to the the customer and authentic to the brand. Yes, absolutely. Eureka, we've got it. We do. The formula is out there now. Perfect. But now come to us. Come to Spiral Marketing. (laughs) Come to KDGA so we can heighten on that. That's how that works. Amen. Amen. Shameless promotion. We'll spiral up and uh, get that KDGA style. We'll build your brand and they'll spiral up and it'll be perfect. Beautiful. I like it. Well, that's a good place to wrap on, I think. I think so. (laughs) Well, Justin Jones, it's been a pleasure having you on. Before you go, um, what is the best place for people to learn more about you and to reach you? Go to www.kdga.net. So Kappa, Delta, Gamma, Alpha, and .net. You can email us at info at kdga.net. Or you can call us at 443-539-7802. Beautiful. Justin, thanks so much for being on the show, thanks man. Thanks for having me. Pleasure. I appreciate it. Hope we can do more of these. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah.